E hoje? Hoje eu faço a visitinha surpresa pra pedir a mão da Bebela em casamento. Bebê! Bebela! Bebela? Bebela! Galinhos! Socorro, deixa eu entrar, deixa eu entrar! Deixa eu sair! Como é que eu vou explicar essa história pra minha família logo hoje? Como é que vai ser a reação deles quando souberem que a Bebela me fez de rena de Natal? Relaxa, que eu já pensei aqui, eu já sei como é que eu vou te ajudar. Tu vai chegar lá com uma namorada nova. Meu Deus, eu tô na Natalândia. <risos> Os pombinhos se conheceram onde? Na praia. Festa. É, numa na festa. praia. Atenção! <risos> De quem é essa risada que eu não conheço? Opa! We think that's how you say it in Brazil for today's movie, which is from Brazil. That's right. You heard the trailer, kind of. You probably have no idea what the trailer was unless you speak, por speak Portuguese. And if you do, that's fantastic. You can probably tell us more about what happened in the movie. Uh, today's movie is 2022's Christmas Full of Grace, uh, which is airing on Netflix. I have no idea if it was made directly for Netflix or what. Netflix, I know, does have a big international division and has a lot of Brazilian programming, uh, including Christmas Full of Grace. This movie... My gosh, this movie has so... It is bananas. It is absolutely bananas. And it is dangerous for one woman to dive into a pit of bananas on her own. So therefore, I have assistance. My special guest star today is the one and only Carol Borden of The Cultural Gutter. Hello, Carol. Opa! Opa! <laughs> so, tell me everything you know about Brazilian Christmas movies. This is the only Brazilian Christmas movie I've seen, and I would like to think that every Brazilian oh, Christmas God, movie is so. just like this one, because oh. it's banana pants. I also hope that every, like, Brazilian Easter movie is like this one. Yes. You know? It's, yes. I, I, how just, you know, it, now, um, this was kind of a dual effort in picking, um, I, I wanted you on the show, so I said, oh, here's a list of, of different movies that I was thinking of covering. I, you know, see if any of these click for you. What drew you to this one? What made you say bananas? I had never seen a Brazilian Christmas movie, mm -hmm. and Same. I was curious uh, how much it would be alike and how much it would yeah. be different mm -hmm. uh, from the Hallmark and Lifetime uh, American and Canadian mm -hmm. Christmas oh, yeah. movies. Yeah, and I really liked the ways it was different. I, I realize we're calling this one bananas, but I have to say, like most of the Hallmark and Lifetime movies I have seen have been bananas one way or another, yes. and that's why it, we love these movies. Yes, it's the weirdness that isn't meant to be weird that tends to be the thing that really draws you to them. Yes, and I think this one was actually more self-consciously weird, and yeah. and genuinely joyful than many of the ones I've seen that often come off as kind of forced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this I, I, this one, I will say, it took me maybe about 10 minutes to kind of get on its wavelength because it, it is a lot. It starts and you are just whiplash yeah. trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Why are things so, so different in Brazil than they, they are in, you know, mm -hmm. where you are from or where I am from? Uh, and then at a certain point, and I can't exactly, I, I'm going to see as we walk through it to figure out if I can identify at what point I was like, okay. Yeah, this is the greatest movie ever made. 
<laughs> I definitely got there. I'm not. I maybe at one point I might have walked away from that a little bit, but by the end of this movie, I was I was all in, and I was. I, it was one of those things where I was like almost sad when it was over and I had looked at the running time mm-hmm. and I looked at the time I had left and I was like, okay, so I have 20 minutes left of the movie, but I probably only have like, you know, that probably Netflix credits are always really long because they always have to have all of the international credits listed there. So I'm probably looking at like 16 minutes left. Damn, I wish I had more. And then we had outtakes. Mm-hmm. So I did. Yeah, I was concerned that it was going to be too long when I started it up. Yeah. And then I was very concerned because... There's sort of, there's a kind of comic relief that seems to be universal internationally. And I was <laughs> very concerned that our heroine was that kind mm-hmm. of what we have called in the past odious comic relief <laughs> that <laughs> I struggle with. Yes. But by the time that she is in, like the movie's kicked off, she's with the guy, they're in his house, she's in the family chimney i'm like <laughs> i love this movie this movie it's i i think i told you it's like he's picked up a raccoon <laughs> and and he's dating a raccoon and they have a crazed raccoon in their in their house in their chimney you are not wrong presence this like, is very much a like this should have been a hybrid animated and real life movie that mm. starts as a cartoon where it is about a like little wild raccoon with with big raccoon boobs um in a short skirt <laughs> who ends up in this situation and then gets turned into a human but mm-hmm. nobody even realizes she still has a raccoon tail like all of that yeah. would have made perfect sense and I, I like that these people both deserve to have a crazed raccoon in their house <laughs> and need to have a crazed Sometimes raccoon Sometimes we all house. need a crazed raccoon human being in our house. Yes. Uh, why don't we get into, so um, I don't have much behind the scenes on this movie. I just, you know, I, I'm i not familiar with the writers and directors. Um, they, you know, obviously are Brazilian. I'm not familiar with any of these titles, but... So I I won't go into all of that, but I think we just need to dive into the story of Christmas Full of Grace. So please, Carol, walk us through. You can give spoilers. This has a lot of surprises, but ultimately it ends the way you think it's going to end. So go have at it. Tell tell me about these people and what befells them on Uh, this Christmas Eve. Okay, I'm going to also butcher the names yeah i know me too um, and i so apologize have, to the whole you know country yeah i very much apologize to the portuguese speaking world yes. um but carlinos is a young business scion and he <laughs> <laughs> but he's not entirely sure he wants to inherit the family business and he is going home from a long day of businessing to um uh, proposed to his girlfriend and before he even gets there he tells his driver jorge um and again i'm sorry i'm using the anglo mm-hmm. like americanized spanish version of a portuguese name <laughs> but he he tells his driver uh, like his whole life about how he's going to marry her and they're going to have a kid and their kid's going to go to this school and mm-hmm. their kid's going to go to that school his and they're going to learn this language and then have his own kids yeah and then at, at exactly 27 years of age, his kid is going to be sitting in the back of the limo telling his limo driver this very same thing. <laughs> so he's cle- it's clear he's 
unhappy and is trying hard to be dissociated from mm-hmm. his own unhappiness. Yep. Um, so he arrives home uh, and discovers that his girlfriend is having an affair because she's having a bubble bath and her girlfriend can no longer hold her breath. <laughs> I was impressed for how long she was holding it to begin with. It was. I mean, like he's, he's, he's like a proposing, he's going on and on about his day. Like, I don't know, like, yeah. what, like the average human being can, what, like three minutes is like That's if you were, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we could time it and see because it, it could have... <laughs> honestly been like three minutes of screen time i wouldn't put it past this movie no no and i also wouldn't put it past this movie for that actress to have actually had to have her head underwater the entire time yes yeah it was hard to say because like most movies of this kind it would just be like there were like towering bubbles but the whole bath would just have towering bubbles in it it wouldn't have water but i think this did have water yeah yeah i believe it i believe it Mm -hmm. it was a deep tub too yeah, and very like I don't know. It's like one of those like tubs. Like I don't. I it, that's when you know you're rich and won't ever be mm. rich. Like that whole thing of like who has a tub like that? Only rich people. No, nobody real yeah. actually has that. I you know I was having similar thoughts about it because I was looking at it and I'm like I recognize that this is a nice tub. It's like one of those big ceramic basins that's supposed to be like that's a standing tub. But like it kind of suggests clawfoot and like old style, yeah. but it's also you know and it's like very cream expensive porcelain. And new. Yeah, and it's. Uh, facing out over the beach with a big window Mm -hmm. but i'm like i don't really like this tub i've been thinking about how i don't really like many of the 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 things that signify wealth right now (laughs) yeah yeah well especially in this movie with i mean aside from the fashion but we'll get there so and i feel like getting in and out of that tub would be awkward yeah, yeah. especially when there's two of you and one of them is holding their breath (laughs) (laughs) yes um so he needless to say does not propose no uh what happens next because i don't know that i actually understood how this meet cute happens i understand his half of it he is like he does not want to i'm like good job carlinos Mm -hmm. you the she and you clearly don't like her all that much. I mean, you think you like her and you try to have the romantic moment with the, the uh, proposal. Because I think he's like, would you like to have your ha- happily ever after with me? And she's just, even before her girlfriend appears, yeah. she's clearly not that girl. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So so I'm not even sure what they're doing together, except we discover right, they look good on paper. Having, yeah. I'm also thinking Solange. Oh, yes, yes. Um, we we discover later she's having an affair with Carlinos's brother, whose name I've never caught, but he looks like Michael Cohen to me. Oh, maybe that, yeah. I was trying to figure out the entire movie who he looked like. I couldn't quite yeah. wrap my finger around it. But um, Pedro is the character's name, and and yes, his wife is having an affair with Bebela, Bebelina, Bebela. It's like the one name I think I could say, Bebela. Yeah. yeah. That's how you have to say it. Uh, so Carlinos then runs out of the house, runs out of this gigantic apartment building, and is like stuck in his courtyard. What's going on there? Yeah, he gets he gets stuck in his courtyard because they live in a gated building, like in a gated apartment building in Rio. And apparently, you can only open and close the gate from your unit. Okay. So he is trapped inside. And this is what I don't understand. Grasa is outside and she's trying to get in. 
and she's screaming and shouting. And, you know, like, now that I think about it, she must, like, I, I reconstructed what she did <laughs> in retrospect because yeah. she has that whole plan where every year she spends a Christmas with someone. So she was busy faking, I think, having been mugged. Yes, and I guess, I feel like she does that every year, but, like, do you mm-hmm. think she picks someone, or she just, whoever the first guy, or, or I mean, anybody is, that sees her goes for it? Like, do you, do, she didn't scout out Carlinos, right? I, no, no. Okay. I think she scouts out an area, so mm, she knew okay. that was, like, a fancier area, probably, okay. so that she would be more likely to have a quality Christmas. And to have good food. Yes, which, which is her important. primary motivation in life, which is I, very relatable. I mean, it's it's mine. So, like, yeah, yeah, that or getting to pet dogs. It's all the same. Um, so they like she's trying to get in, and I don't know why he's like, but like, how does it go from her trying to get into him being like, okay, let me take care of you, and for everything, there was something I was missing, and I thought it was cultural, but I think it was just weird writing. Yeah, I I didn't really catch it. I in retrospect, I'm like, well, maybe it's because he's like a good guy, and she's like, oh no, I'm being mugged. Yeah, so, it is a strange way to get yourself a Christmas. I feel <laughs> like like we we meet someone later, Rui, who is German and always wears later hosen. Obviously, um, I mean, why who, do you even like say that as if it's weird? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like a quarter German, I, I and that's, know, therefore I have a sock that is later hosing at all times. <laughs> I, I liked that uh, Carlino correctly identified that he was dressed as a Tyrolean. That made me happy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I live in the Midwest, and we also appreciate some German. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Important there. Uh, but she, th- we meet him. And he has, uh, she had uh, done the same thing with him and his family and spent a very German Christmas with them and he fell in love with her. But she just cried about how she was alone and couldn't go back to her family. I don't think that she had the whole, I've been mugged and lost all my stuff and Mm. can you help me? Okay. So she does it to Carlinos, who's like, hey, I have to go tonight. It's Christmas Eve. I have to go to my grandma's house where my whole family is. And there's a lot riding on the line because I grandma's picking who's going to inherit the company. And it will be weird if I show up without my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But yet it won't be as weird if I show up with a complete stranger who is also a raccoon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that that needed more writing maybe in a movie, <laughs> but in real life is exactly how it would go down. <laughs> it would yeah, just be like yeah. A, I kind of like you, and we, we've bonded, so why don't you come to Christmas with me? <laughs> yes, you, you psychotic human raccoon. <laughs> yeah. yes, please, and let's talk about when she shows up. So they get to the grandma's house, and, uh, you know, it's a very, like, old money house. Everything seems fragile. Everything is decorated to a T. Um, and, like... This is where when you said human raccoon, I'm like, oh my god, you're right because she's re- it's like she's unleashed. It's like you, you bring a dog in from outside and like it's like a really hyper dog, and you take that leash off, and the dog's like, great, now I'm just gonna do zoomies across the entire home. <laughs> she does zoomies in this house, right? Yes, yeah, and they take advantage of the convention of the empty wrapped packages. Yes, they do because they have a whole tree that has empty wrapped packages under it. Only it's like decor. So- <laughs> 
so it's not even like we're supposed to believe there's anything in them. But she's just excited. <laughs> she's she like gets full out cookie tree, monstering like a crazy those raccoon or a dog with zoomies. Yes. Starts tossing them. <laughs> like we're not exaggerating. She's like, they're, they're, she's almost tearing through them with her teeth. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, and and then I think that's when I started to be like, huh. <laughs> but but when she was in. She also gets so excited about their chimney because they have a real chimney. Well, and they she, do. Like, tear, yeah. Tears away the the grate in front it's of like, the. It's fireplace. like the end of Child's Play, if you remember, when Chucky like comes down the <laughs> chimney, like when they like stick him in there and and they set him on fire, but then he gets out. It's like that's kind of what that moment reminded me of. <laughs> I just I loved when she exclaimed, "Santa can't work with this." <laughs> Yeah, because there's also an aspect of this movie where maybe she's the daughter of Santa Claus, right? <laughs> that's that's when I texted you. Oh my god! <laughs> like, what exactly is her story? Because then, what is it? Like, it's like her dad died. Her dad was Santa Claus. Like, yeah. not Santa Claus, but maybe real Santa Claus. But like, she gives like a memory, and it's hit, like Santa Claus giving her a gift, and her being like, "Oh, Saint Nicholas," and then it's like, and then my dad died, and. And I guess that was her fa- her only family. So then she just every. Do you think she only emerges? Her- Is she like Brigadoon, but Christmas? Like she only comes love- out on the day. I I prefer this interpretation to what I, because initially I was so excited that she was the daughter of Santa Claus, yeah. and was so sad about it when she's telling anybody but Carlino her actual life story. Yeah. <laughs> um, my interpretation of it subsequently was that her dad was a mall Santa and that he was always busy on Christmas. So she always wanted this nice Christmas. And yeah, that he either died or there was no point in going home to her family for Christmas because her dad wasn't around because either he was mall Santa or he was real Real Santa. Santa. Either way, he was a workaholic. And that's why she's so disgusted by Carlinos like taking the job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it's all, it's, I mean, this is, you know, very tight screenwriting when you put it that way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, now, meanwhile, well, I, oh, sorry. I was just going to say I, I hadn't really thought about that parallel between her dad and her boy. Mm. So that was really nice. Yeah, it, it all works. Uh, so she meets the whole family, and the, I mean, the family is amazing in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how we we'll, we'll like go into detail when we get to who's a sassy sidekick, who's a villain, and all that. But we have a colorful band of characters in the family, yes. right? And and they are both people like they're wealthy people in Rio. So I think that there's like an, a, a level of wealth and untouchability that even with things as they are right now here is still kind of inconceivable. Right. Like to be rich in a city like that is to be like mm-hmm. to be rich in Moscow. Like there are certain cities where you're it's not like, oh, yeah, I have a good job. I make money like no, no like you are like you have yeah. millions. You are loaded. Yeah. And so the yeah, whole family call grandma, is... They call his grandma Lady Sophia. <laughs> yes. Well, and like I would too. She She's classy. I love her. We'll get, yeah. we'll get there. But I, I, I feel like these people both deserved her raccoon antics. And mm. then we find out that they needed her raccoon antics yeah. to yeah. improve their lives and bring the spirit of Christmas to yeah. them. They all needed to loosen up a bit. Even Lady Sophia, <laughs> who seemed like <laughs> very eager to do so also. 
And whether yes, it I was, liked her. yeah, like just like the actress, like kind of winking in the beginning, but like right from the start, you're like, oh no, Lady Sophia's gonna break. We're 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 okay. It's gonna be okay. She was magnificent. She was. I know. I life goals. I want to be her. Uh, so <laughs> everything's great. Um, Lady Sophia's like, okay, I'm gonna give the company to Carlinos because he brought somebody who can karaoke and got my whole family to do so. And mm-hmm. and you know, important skill for family. But then. So what happens from there? Carlinos is great. He's excited. But then yep. uh, his, conflict. Yes. His jerk cousin mm-hmm. who is bitter about losing the company finds out that Grasa has done this before and brings uh, the German guy who claims he's her ex in to tell the story of how she did broke the same thing to his family yeah. and broke his heart. Yeah. And so Carlinos' kind of rightful reaction at first is like, mm-hmm. you're a con artist. This is bullshit. Yes. Uh, she runs away. And then, what? Like, he kind of has a change of heart and realizes, oh, no, you're great. I need to find you. But now we have, like, a week between yeah. Christmas and New Year's where he, you know, she's off the grid. Nobody can find her. Uh, but this is where the power of TikTok comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. Because we he ha- decides he needs to make a grand gesture, mm-hmm. which I have to say is almost always a mistake. But well, in like real life, it's a mistake. In these movies, yes. it always works. But in real life, a grand gesture is very yes. concerning, and is something that, honey, sweetie, if you're if a, if you said no to a guy and then he like rents out the entire high school to come march in your bedroom and sing a love song to you, that mm-hmm. might sound sweet on paper, but it's actually mm-hmm. horrifying and abusive. So, yes. And what I like about this movie com- compared to the other Hallmark movies, which I uh, are the other similar type movies, is in those movies it always works, mm-hmm. and it's very enjoyable in them. Like I have no problem with that. I again do not do these kinds of things in real life. It's not good. Yes. In this one, it doesn't really work with her, right? Because she's he, he accused her of just being after his money. And that that's why she was lying instead of accusing her of just being after his Christmas and family. Just being insane. Yes. (laughs) Being a a raccoon Raccoon. person. Yes. (laughs) Um, So she got offended and left. And so his solution of using the power of, of TikTok and his wonderful i don't know if it's his a sister or cousin or oh whatever yeah i couldn't boyfriend. figure it out i thought uh either aunt or cousins but yeah but yes uh the boyfriend who is very much in in the family or husband i think even yes yes who who is uh both like a tiktok influencer and um a popular singer uses he gets to 14 million followers and uses that to give him a platform to sing a special very romantic song about how he wants grassa back and then he uses all his resources and all his uh family members to basically plan an advertising campaign (laughs) to apologize to her and to get grassa to come to his big party um on the beach for New Year's where they will be reunited and she is not having it. Nope. Uh, but what changes her mind? Our good old friend Lady Sophia Power realizing Lady that Sophia. she's successfully finding her at the bus station mm-hmm. and stopping her before she goes and saying he's changed. You can tell he's changed because he's quit his job 
because he wants to find his own happiness and she wisely does not say his happiness includes you and you have to go make him happy but just like what would make you happy are mm-hmm. you doing that yeah so she grasa shows up to the party uh they kiss and then we get outtakes Yay, and presumably they outtakes. they create some adorable hybrid raccoon human children yes yes uh it's it is so much. Uh, and again, yeah. you might think like, okay, that sounds like kind of like a regular Hallmark plot, right? Like you could have a story of mm-hmm. somebody like, you know, the zany kind of manic pixie dream girl who just, you know, can't kind of settle, but spends Christmas with somebody new every year. And one year kind of ties in the poor little rich boy and he, you know, he falls in love and she, they, he's got a wacky family mm-hmm. and it all comes together. But it's like, the this is the case of the movie where it's like, no, no, no it's not, it's not the story it's everything in between yeah and then there's just like little elements like uh not just that he you know that there might be a twist in one of the other movies where like oh no my partner cheated on me with someone of the same sex but this one has like i think more than one polycule in it yes <laughs> oh my god completely yeah because you will you have the so yeah it's my partner cheated on me with another woman oh and she also mm-hmm. cheated on me with my cousin's wife who therefore my cousin's wife has been cheating with another woman and then you have the the brother and the um the tiktok star brother-in-law who at one point there's like there is like a throwaway like line about um how they're into threes like how the wife is into like threesomes and stuff and it's yeah yeah i mean this again it's it's a different it's this isn't hallmark this isn't lifetime this is obviously a different market it's also I think interesting and again I, I I don't think either of us have the context as far as like what where does this movie compare like what is the equivalent of it like is it like a raunchy sex comedy in the US or is it like is this a very general thing mm-hmm. that like you would watch with your family like because it's it's not like there's no nudity there's no like you know nope. nothing like I I don't know if I I'm sure Brazil has a rating system I would this be like the equivalent of PG-13 probably but mm-hmm. i know it's yeah it's i think there's nothing more than kissing yeah but like there's a lot more implied and there's a lot of things said that here i feel like it would be very like and maybe just because it's christmas so you don't you don't do yeah. those things at christmas uh but it's it's fun it's very fun uh yeah, how... we, we yeah. see his we see uh bento the tiktok sensation his wife or girlfriend or partner and Rui, the the ex German. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. I knew there was a third third person in that group. Could not remember how yeah, it all went. And, and we see them together, and they mention that they're together, and they say, "We'll we'll get back to you later about who's smashing who in, yes! in their special night." <laughs> how fun! How fun! Yeah. yeah. All right. So now all of this to say, is it a typical Christmas movie? Let's dive into the mm-hmm. tropes to see how it all stacks up. Uh, no, number one is our lead in need of a lesson. Uh, who do you want to put in this position? Do you want to say that's Carlinos or is that Grasa? Um, you know, I guess th- I th- I think they both equally do, but I don't think that either of them needs the same kind of strong lesson that no, that no. movies are usually about. Like, yeah, I, I I think maybe if there is a hallmarky lesson, it's like they both need to pursue their own happiness. And yeah. 
there's a little the bit of like the like, the way Carlinos is introduced is very like oh he's a workaholic it's Christmas Eve and he's still at work and he's talking about yes. you know his whole life being planned and you feel very much like oh this is going to be the the uptight guy but the fact that like that same day he's like hey crazy lady stranger <laughs> come meet my yes. family and yeah. I'm putting my entire fate in your hands. Don't be too wacky, because yeah. then I might not get the promotion. So he yeah. he learns the lesson pretty quickly, I guess. Yeah, I also feel like it. it he already knows what's wrong with his life. Good point. Yeah. It, it's really like being able to leave that he needs. So, And she helps him leave. Yeah. What is making him unhappy. And I guess for her, like, what does she do the rest of the year? Like, what is her job, do you think? I wondered about that, because <laughs> I think that she might, well, actually be very wealthy. <laughs> She's got that Santa money. Yeah, I mean, she, that, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, she, she, we don't, like, she kind of claims to not have clothing. But, like, when you, mm-hmm. you know, she knows how to wear clothing. Um, You know, yeah. she, she's got hair extensions. Those, those can't be cheap. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I don't know what she does. We don't know. And she's just, it seems like she just travels around and yeah. it's, fixes it's, it's, Christmases. Like, I, I'm really, like, I'm now, like, I'm like, is she, like, a Holly Golightly type? Like, what, is, what exactly is her deal <laughs> come Halloween? I don't know, and I want to know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she returns to her natural form and goes off into the forest <laughs> to frolic yes. for a year. <laughs> I, 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 you know, that's it. That's definitely it. And now that she's found love, like the Little Mermaid, but much happier, she's a a real woman all the time. Well, but like, what if not? Like, it was New Year's Eve. I guess we see it after New Year's, but you know, in yeah. some cultures, how new, how like the holiday season kind of extends to Little Christmas yeah. and all that. But like on January seventh, right after Little Christmas, yeah, is he gonna wake up in bed? <laughs> And, like, stretch his arms and, like, turn over as if he's going to nuzzle his beautiful wife. And instead, he's like, What's, why do you smell like you, you, you're very, did you forget to shave? Oh, my God, you're a raccoon. And then she has to explain to him. And he has to be very understanding of it. But I feel like they can make it work. If anybody can make it work, these two can. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, th- I think they both learned about, like, uh, both the importance of honesty and forgiving people for the necessary lives in their lives yeah. lies in their lives yeah i'm with you now number three is our setting which can be a big bad city a charming small town or a magical winter wonderland uh pretty big bad city would you say yeah yeah and it's um, neat to see rio um you know not a city i've seen on film very often uh, this seems yeah. to be a very clean version of it it <laughs> looks like a very nice yeah. city yeah yeah, it, it's um, it's certainly all big city all the time, and it doesn't have any um, like the they don't have like the big city versus the small town thing going right. on. They have like the regular real folk and the detached crazy wealthy people. Yes, that's about right. Yeah, and I mean in any major city, I I used to live in New York City. Like you have both of that mm-hmm. at all times. So yes. Now number four is our dead parents or dead wife. Uh, I clocked it. It was 38 minutes in where she mentions that her dad is dead. Yes. And I guess, no, he has his parents. We have, we have a dead patriarch, right? We have a dead grandpa somewhere in the mix. Yeah, who, who, who leads us to believe that maybe Lady Sophia had been like Grassa in the past. True. Yes. She re- reinvents herself. Mm-hmm. So it all comes. So in another like 60 years, we're going to get Grassa in yeah. that part in the, in the sequel to this movie. Wait yeah. for it. 
Now, number five is going to be a big one here. It's our sassy sidekick. Okay, I'm I'm going to let you handle the sub part, but I will say there's a lot of sassy sidekicks. There's so many sassy sidekicks. But at the same time, she is her own sassy sidekick. Yeah, that is brilliant. You are, you are, yeah. Like, this is the character that in um, any other movie, and I can think, like, Santa Boot Camp last year, she's Marissa Joan Whitaker. Like, there's always that, like, hey, I'm the zany friend who's got to keep the energy up. This year, um, the last, I'd say, like, two movies that I've done for the show, I'm not sure if these, I don't think these episodes have been released yet, but the, well, the Scottish Christmas you had Hamish, who was the, like, you know, the Scottish just groundskeeper who just every single scene, this guy, this actor was working so hard to be, like, wacky and Scottish. And then the last <laughs> movie was Mystic Christmas, where there was, like, one of the aquarium interns is just giving so much face in every one of his scenes. Where you're like, oh, yeah, like, the director told this person, like, hey, go for it. Be wacky. We want you to stand out in the movie. And in this case, you're right. It's the lead. And that's a lot. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised to discover that she is a famous comedian. She must be. I mean, she has again. Yeah. She has credits on her on her IMDb. Um, oh, her. So the actress's name is Jessica Kayane. Um, again, apologies for saying it wrong. I'm sure I am, but she is better known by the stage name GK. Oh yeah, single name. Yep, yeah. Which Classic. I mean, that's when you know. Uh, actress, yeah. digital influencer, and comedian born in Brazil. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she's clearly like somebody with extreme confidence who knows to go big and knows how to do it. And again, it's a lot at times, but uh, but yes, I would I would and, cast her in a movie in any part just to give it some life. And it's it's neat to see her be the lead because if she were in a Hallmark or a Lifetime movie, she would not. She would be the sassy sidekick. Yeah. And you know, like she's pretty she's voluptuous like yep. she's, she's but, short yeah she, and, or she everybody have... else in this movie is very tall but i think she's short yes yeah, yeah she, she is was she's wearing some heels when she was wearing heels like they were right they looked like they were at least three inches mm-hmm. yeah so it's a very fun i wonder how tall she actually is uh because it it does feel you're right like it's and again the second movie this year where we have had a heroine who was not your typical you know mm -hmm. size four uh and it is again it's very exciting to see yeah and they dress her up in really fun outfits yeah and she looks yeah. great and it made me happy in general to see that all the beautiful people um were regular ordinary real world beautiful people mm -hmm. like even the male lead he's very cute but he's like real life cute yes yes yeah i would agree uh, other sassy sidekicks. Um, I mean, let's let's go through it. So you've got on the let's see. So on Carlinos' side, he's got like a good sassy rapport with his driver, right? Jorge yeah. is there and kind of again lends some sass here and there. Then the Jorge gets eventually to kind of rub knees with Chica. Who is yeah. Lady Sophia's? Um, I forget the term they use, but sort of like not maid, but like not assistant. lady in waiting assistant. Yeah, but it felt more like domestic than like yeah. right. Like she wasn't taking notes for her; she was like keeping the household in order. So housekeeper, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Chica is also very much the sort of guardian angel, like almost more sage old person to Graza. 
uh, then you have, but really, like, I, I can't bury the lead here. We've got, we got to talk about Mew, right? Mew, we talked about yeah. Bento a lot, right? Bento yeah. is Mew's partner. He's a TikTok star. He's amazing. Uh, but Mew, who is, I think, the aunt. I wrote down fun aunt. So I'm guessing they said that at some mm-hmm. point. And we need to talk about her earrings. Yes, please do. Oh, my God. Those earrings. So many earrings. Oh and I'm not just one pair. Like, uh, the first pair I think she wears are these flowers that are, like, the size of earmuffs, but they're on her ear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, like, every scene, she's wearing something different in every scene. Every scene it is eye-catching and, like, zany, but actually, like, looks good. Uh, but the lobsters. Yes. How do you describe these lobsters? You you nailed it when you said it. I said, watch out for the dang- dangling lobsters. And then you said... Dang- they are like little lobster cookie cutters. Yeah. 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 They are like she long, found thick. tiny lobster cookie cutters mm-hmm. and then just was like, I'm going to make earrings out of these. Yeah. And credit all. I bow. I bow. Uh, <laughs> granted, I was raised on the movie Outrageous Fortune. I used to watch it all the time. And I have you ever seen it with Bette Midler and Shelley Long? No, I haven't. Oh, it is. It is a classic of my youth. Uh, God, we covered it for the show like in year one, and I thought it held up very well. But there's a great moment where Bette Midler uh, ends up like in a house, like looking for things, and she finds like Christmas ornaments. She's like, oh, earrings. And she puts on this gigantic <laughs> Christmas ornament earring, and she's like, well, it works. And I always remember as a kid being like, it would work. Can I do that? And thankfully, I did not try because that probably would infect my ear. Yes. Number six is our evil woman or our male boss villain, uh, or just villain in general. We actually get a little, we get one here, almost two, but definitely one. Yeah, well, I, I think it's his cousin Pedro. Yeah, is the villain. Yep. Pedro's a little squirmy jerk, and I and I like that they actually say like, oh no, it's not just that Carlinos is more responsible; he'll be better head of the company. It's like, oh no, like. Pedro is morally bankrupt. Like, he will yeah. use our money for evil. So, yeah. like, we know he's actually bad. And his his girlfriend or wife, I don't know if they say which one, is also, like, kind of a cunt for a while. Yes. Yeah. She, yeah. Although she is friendlier to both of them than Pedro is. She is, but she's also, like, very much, like, and I guess, I guess she's the partner, she kind of has to, but she's kind of, like, laughing along with Pedro at times and seems, yeah. like, to also want to pick on them at first. Well, I mean, the, you know, the person she ends up with is Bivela, and, and yeah. you know, not not a nice person. Yep. Yeah, she's got a type. <laughs> I, I guess so. I, I love that, that Pedro thinks he hasn't made when he wrecks things, but they're just like, okay, um, we're going to make the precocious between the CEO now. <laughs> I was I was I was so hoping that would happen and yep. I was so exciting so eh, so excited when it did. Yeah. And I feel like it's in good hands. Yes. Yeah. She knows she's what she's very doing. Very competent. Definitely. Uh number seven, montages. I don't remember a montage. Uh it's it's a tricky one because there's a few but they're very like I and, and you can argue a few of these aren't full out montages because they're all kind of um, broken by other things. So there is one where there's sort of like Christmas preparation and there's like shots of foods and decorations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need to talk about, this is less a montage and more just a a music cue with slow motion and with like different, you know, lots of cuts of different things happening. And it's the introduction of Lady Sophia. 
Do you uh, yeah. remember what song is played when we are introduced to Lady Sophia? Wasn't it Dancing With Myself? It was Dancing With Myself. <laughs> yeah, the music, the whole, all the music was very interesting, but that, I still don't. I feel like if I were in Rio, I maybe there would be a reason and I would understand it, but I do not. I don't know that that can that we can always use that excuse for some of the decisions made in the movie, you know? Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. very very odd one. Uh, there's some like I, there's a museum date they have. It's kind of montagey. Uh, the oh, and then my my okay. So my favorite type of montage is a trying on clothes montage, uh, mm-hmm. followed by a makeover montage, and then the next one is the um, we are very sad montage. And we do oh, have yeah. a we are all very sad montage in this one when um, Carlinos is like moving on with life and you see him in the board meeting, but he's not paying attention. And then you just mm-hmm. see the whole family, like everybody packing into the cars and it's just the we're all very sad. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Lady Sophia almost approaches him. Yes. Also respect to Lady Sophia for bringing like full Downton Abbey Dowager energy. Mm. Oh, so much so much uh i guess there's one more montage when he's doing the camp the social media campaign to get gracia back uh yeah right there's there's a tuck yeah. there's the music video where he's actually singing and playing the guitar and while that's happening we get the cardboard cutouts of him and we get flyers flyers are big this year in stocking stuffers so keep your eye out for them we'll see if they come back in 2024 <laughs> you know a flyer would really win my heart if i was annoyed with someone and yeah. I, you, <laughs> they wanted to win my heart back and I, you happen to walk by do. a bulletin board at any mm-hmm. you know local business and see your face right there yes yeah yes. that's exactly what i want in a very big city with many people who might like <laughs> was there a ransom put out on her like do you think there was a bounty i i don't know like what were people supposed I, to I do they, if they found her i think they were supposed to like e- either tell her to go back to him or contact him i don't know that's i don't know kind of horrifying i i think it was social pressure which is you know Kind of it's why every Cozy Cardigan Christmas movie is just a sound design away from being a lifetime thriller. Exactly. Uh-huh. And a you number. Take them, though. Oh, oh, that's very true. Number eight is slapstick. Definitely. Oh boy. Uh, Mostly in the beginning. A lot in the beginning. The whole like you climb the fence. No, you climb the fence. I can't climb the fence. Yeah. I don't know what was happening, but I think it was slapstick. Um, yeah, the present her- tossing. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, present tossing, the um, I don't know how to act inside of a house. I don't know how to act inside of a helicopter, <laughs> that too. Uh, when they're eating Christmas dinner and she's using the, I guess it's like an escargot shell, the sheller, but she's using it to curl yeah. her, eyelash, her eyelashes. Yes. I like that. Uh, there's a great family fight. Um I think it's at the dinner table after she kind of like riles everybody up and they're all screaming at each other. And there's, there's a sound cue of a cat screeching. Yeah. <laughs> Did you catch that? No, I didn't. It's that amazing. Because there's no cat. There's definitely no cat in this movie. If, if this family had a cat, that cat would have starved to death. But there is like yeah. absolutely somebody is pressing a button to play a cat screeching. It's great. Uh, the uh, Oh, so they play polo. And of course... Um, uh, Grazia ends up breaking Lady Sophia's nose, who's and she's really cool about it. But yeah. I have to say, I again, like I watch these movies 
and this year they've kind of broken me like i i did like i had a, a wet eyeball watching one of them recently and in this one i had an absolute like guffaw laugh out loud um <laughs> did you have a moment like that i wonder if you if this little sight gag got you too I'm afraid the one that got me was when she was unleashed in the house. Like that. <laughs> I mean, that was great. <laughs> that wasn't the one for me. For me, it was, she, they're playing polo. And of course she's like, doesn't actually know how to ride a horse. Doesn't actually know how to play polo, but she's like, yeah, of course I'll do it. And so she goes to get on the horse and she's like, I can do this. <laughs> and I don't even know how to describe it. She like kind of, like bounces on the horse and just completely gets thrown over and flow and like just jumps on the horse and just jumps right over the horse and lands like on her head yes it was so fucking funny it was very like 1920s Harold Lloyd (laughs) it really was (laughs) it was like they threw a dummy in the air and it landed and (laughs) it made me laugh very hard yeah and again like look people I'm not laughing at somebody being clumsy. I am the clumsiest person you will ever meet. When I see good clumsy humor, you know, and I'm saying it's good clumsy humor. That means it is good fucking clumsy humor. And that one was good. There's, yes. and there's one more. There's the, um, the Cinderella moment when she's like revealed, like at the staircase wearing, you know, like the uh, big yeah. red strapless dress and she starts walking down the stairs and like almost slips, which is cute yeah. enough, but they play the sprinkle sound effect while that's happening. And that made me very happy. I like it. I feel like it's better because of the sound effect than it would be, I think, because the other one comes across as the one where, you know, like the the female lead can't be too beautiful. Mm. Like she has to be relatable. So, you know, it's like the music is playing and then it screeches when that happens. But in this case, it's like, no, that's part of her magic. She is the daughter of Santa Claus, maybe. The raccoon daughter. Did you like when she was um, sliding down the banister? (laughs) You know, again, (laughs) because it's like the first thing she does when she walks into this very wealthy house. She's like, oh, a banister. I I am a 30-year-old woman. Therefore, I am going to hurl myself down it as if I have never seen one. And I was kind of, I I appreciated how committed she was to the bit. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Like they let her out of the carrier. (laughs) You know what happened? Like, you know how it goes. Like, you, you medicate the animal when you put the animal in the carrier, but eventually those meds wear off. And when you open that door, you got to stand back. Stand back. Uh, um, it's your fault for having fun things in the house. Yes. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, I'm just imagining, like, something, you know, I have, cat, I have cats. They're now, they're over a year old, but, like, they still are very kitten-like. And mm-hmm. it's like the joke that we first said when we got them was my husband would be like, yeah, we can't have nice things. No, now we can't have things. Yeah. Because it is like if anything dangles, if there is any like, I don't I have a CPAP machine. Like every couple of nights oh my, my cat realizes I have a CPAP and is like, oh, how can I fuck this up tonight? <laughs> uh, it, you, you know, it's, that, that's the best thing I've ever seen. It, right? Like I get it. It makes noise. Like I, I woke up last night and I'm like, did you turn it off? And I think she did. Like I've seen her sort of like jump on it and step on the button and it turns on suddenly. So um, I, I, I get it. If you know, you're, if you're an animal and you are, you know, there's certain instincts we have and, and you know, raccoons apparently are up that hook. Yes. Uh, how about sage old person or people? 
uh, Lady Sophia, yeah, who she... they set us up to think like, oh no, she's so scary and forbidding, mm-hmm. and then she was the one who provided them both of them with the best life advice. Yeah, and uh, uh, Miss Chica, Miss Chica, yes, she also gave some very good advice. I liked her a lot. I I, I would watch Me her too. story. She looks like she got a happy ending too. Yeah, like her and Jorge are totally banging. Let's mm-hmm. see. Now, number 10 is Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. This is kind of the first movie this year that I sort of have a Santa Claus. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know what's going on this season. I need... It's very upsetting. This is episode eight. Uh, I have not had any 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 real sense of a real Santa Claus. I have had to really reach to say, well, you know, there was the, the guy who had white hair in the background. I bet he was maybe supposed to be Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. In a way, I also thought in this movie there was a moment of that, right? When um, when the German leaderhosen guy is running after her, uh, he bangs into a Santa Claus who seems to slow him down deliberately. Mm. And I thought to myself... Yeah. Is that Santa Claus? And is he trying to make things not happen or make things happen for his daughter? Grazza. Uh, yes. Unresolved plot thread, but mm-hmm. I'll take it. Now, on to our bonuses. So we'll start on the music uh, again. Um, typically, we have a lot of public domain holiday songs and then some Christmas word salad. Uh, did you clock either of them? What were your thoughts on the music in general? Um, it was very interesting. <laughs> I did not expect it to open with uh, like American gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, dancing with myself. Yeah, and, that old Christmas ditty, Dancing With Myself. And then they, at their Christmas ball, when the family was finally loosening up and uh, everybody was happier, they clearly segued into some traditional, like not mm-hmm. traditional, traditional, but the kinds of things that people in Rio and in Brazil enjoyed singing and hearing at Christmas. I took it as it's like a, our version of Sweet Caroline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's even um, a, the the TikTok dance song. Yes, the TikTok dance song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady Sophia's Symphony. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, there is a "We Wish You a Merry Christmas." Oh um, yeah, and it's played like in slow motion. That's when Grazza meets Lady Sophia and like goes to kiss her because I guess it's you know what you do with a stranger in Brazil and everybody is aghast at that. Yeah, uh, and then there's a couple of Christmas songs that like. I don't know if they're songs anybody has heard of. Um, I had never heard them, although some maybe were familiar. But it was mm-hmm. like there's one song that was seemed to be called like Christmas Party. And it was like the lyrics were, I stand by the Christmas tree. I hope no one notices me. Everyone is having fun. I keep wondering when I can go home again. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I I wonder how widely these things are understood, right? Or if it's because, um, okay. So I wa- I've watched a lot of Cantonese movies, mm. and sometimes English songs get used in funky ways because right. people speak some English, but they don't speak necessarily a lot of English. Sure. And like the best one ever, I think you will appreciate was uh, Wang Jing's Satan Returns. 
where the emissary of Satan manifests in, in the vending machine break room of a police station Ooh. to the dirge-like strains of Silent Night. I mean, the, Silent Night's a creepy song. I'm, I, I'm into that. Mm-hmm. That that to me makes sense. Yeah. So with some of these, I'm like, do, how much did people understand this Christmas party song? Mm. Or does it seem different? Like, does it seem like a funnier song? And it is yeah. kind of funny, but... Well, and then there's also that whole, like... How many songs do we like hum to ourselves or sing when we don't actually think about what they're about or the lyrics? Right? Exactly. Like yeah. Afternoon Delight being the great example of like how many shows have mm-hmm. used that as a joke of characters not realizing what it's about. So yes. Yeah. Uh, number two, our secret family recipe and or needlessly complicated holiday cocktails. There's not really cooking in the movie, but there's some no. food in different ways. And it's fancier than she thinks that people should be having for Christmas. Yes, yes, which is fair. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it should just be good. Uh, And she also hates the, like, she's all into drinking whatever is being passed around, but she's very angry at it because I guess it's very sour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I like that because she does seem someone who likes, like someone who likes a sweet cocktail. Yes, yes. And so she's like, no, this tastes like candy. It's gross. Yeah, uh, the it, which I get. I'm not a sour person. Like I, I know mm-hmm. it, it's one of those tastes that you either love or hate, and I mm-hmm. nothing for me. If you want to torture me, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways you can do that. But one way to do that is just to like lock me in a room and say the only things you can eat for the next like five days is sour apple candy, and I might just choke oh. myself because I can't think of anything worse. Uh, maybe now one other food thing that comes up is, uh, what are your thoughts when, when I, when I'm going to, I'm going to throw a food at you. Okay. Let's pretend we're on top chef and it's one of those, like you pick something out of bag and your challenge is to make this in 20 minutes. And it's, we've just put two culinary terms together and you're going to have to make it a meal and you pick out tofu tartare. Oh my God. I have no (laughs) idea how Like, on one hand, what is he thinking? And on the other hand, he is someone who cannot, he he commits, he can't admit he's wrong. Yes. So, uh, Grasa sets up, the, is challenged by Pedro at the dinner to tell people about her family in a very gross way. Mm-hmm. And so she says, if you can tell me stuff about your family, I'll tell you stuff about mine. And so she asks him what his uh, wife Solange's favorite food is. And he says steak tartare. And Solange is like, what? I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) So he changes it to tofu tartare. (laughs) Which I guess is just like eating the silky tofu out of the box. You you wouldn't have to do much to, I I guess that's the whole idea of tartare in general. It's essentially raw. Uh, I mean, it's but... you could put some soy sauce and sesame oil. Yeah, in usually it, there's but... like some lemon, maybe like right. It's like about like balancing acid there. So, yeah, yeah. I meant that with the tofu, you could put these things oh, on sure. it. But yeah, with the tartare, yeah, you put some some lemon juice. Yeah. So but I mean, people share your best tofu tartare recipes. It was really good thinking of two things that were like the writers <laughs> did a good job with that yes, one. Yes, it, it made <laughs> diametrically me opposed. Yes. Now, number three, we often find a small business in danger. I, I, so, okay, I have a really important question for you. Now, obviously, we don't have a small business. We have some form of corporation that makes a lot of money. Yes. What does it do? It's a construction company. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. 
I I did not catch that. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting to me that Lady Sophia founded a construction company. Hmm. Well, I guess there's something to mm-hmm. building stuff in some way. Oh, yeah. I, right? Like, I imagine there's construction all over Brazil. I think that's part of why they're very, very wealthy. Yeah, makes sense. And property is probably very mm-hmm. pricey. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, for some reason, didn't... I thought they were making something, and I was like, what are they making? Are they well, making Well, it's unusual that it would be that kind of company, which, again, is one of the things in the movie that's more like real life than it is like a Hallmark true, movie. True, true. Yeah. Because a construction company is never a... can't ever be a positive thing in, in a Hallmark world. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I didn't catch any product placement, but, of course, it's also hard for me to know, like, if maybe there was something that just I yeah. culturally didn't know was a product. Um, you know, like for all I know, that TikTok dance is a real thing. I don't think it is, but yes. I want to believe. I want to believe it is. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about our our cloying child because we do have a child in this movie, kind of. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's a child. Yeah, I don't think she's. I, I can see how some people would find her irritating, but I quite liked her. I loved her. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and who describes her? I think it's when they're like talk introducing like, oh, who's who in the family, and she's described as the prodigy, the annoying yes. prodigy. <laughs> yes. But she is very funny. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number six, finding the perfect tree. I don't think there's no. no. They have people who do that. Yes. Yes, yes they do. Yes. There's they do. some other like Brazilian Christmas romance that's about their <laughs> like employee who finds the perfect tree for their mansion. I like to think it's like the way they filmed Dracula, right, and then Spanish Dracula yeah. at night on the same set, like the same thing. Yeah. Like it was like this movie was filmed during the day, and then while like Grazza was getting coffee, like okay, quick, run in there, film the like the earnest Hallmark version of this movie. Uh, on that note, did we have empty coffee cup acting? I don't remember much. I didn't see. Yeah. So? I mean, she, they really ate the cotton candy. Yep. She was really drinking the drinks. Definitely. They were, uh, Bento really put that uh, snail shell in his mouth. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> we saw it twice in the outtakes. Yeah. Yep. So again, for our, for all these Hallmark actors who are like, oh, I can't really drink the coffee. I, I don't, I'm not even going to pretend there's anything in there. Look, they're doing it fine in Brazil. You can do it too. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so same thing with eight. Normally we have actors who are trying very hard to not actually eat on camera, but I, they were eating. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, say obviously number nine Canadianisms we skip in this case uh, warm weather watch this it's Brazil it is yeah. I guess summer weather it's what I did notice is that they were wearing these cashmere turtlenecks underneath their suit jackets Ooh, on that Christmas seems hot. Eve that seems very hot for that weather it does doesn't it yeah That's so it's sort of like an inversion or something I don't know yeah because within that same scene you have a character in like hot pants and you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I know there are people that like can always wear hot pants and always wear like the like, dudes with beards who always wear shorts no matter what the weather weather is. Yeah, maybe there's chicks in hot pants that can do the same. But mm-hmm. uh, again, she also what we don't see is her raccoon fur coat underneath all of it. So <laughs> uh, let's see. So uh, old people aggressively matchmaking the leads. Yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, Lady Sophia's like gonna make this happen, but not in a gross way, which is nice. I was I was gonna say they're kind of aggressive, but they're not inappropriate. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us to number twelve, the favorite fashion I, moment. 
I don't even know where to start. I mean, moments, moments. You know, I want to say, you said something to me that I actually really appreciated when I had said, because I sent you the notes and I said, oh, don't forget, because I, I, you know, had made some changes to this doc from last year. There's a couple of things that were added, including favorite fashion moment. And because I'm like, you have to watch the, for the fashion in this movie. Yeah. And I mean, you can't miss the fashion in this movie. It's it's so wacky. But you made a good point about kind of, I don't know if you want to say it or not, how like you didn't used to think about fashion so much. I used to be dismissive of it in mm-hmm. film because, fa- and I think some of it was some internalized sexism. Sure. That stuff is asso- that's associated with women is less serious right and that it has to be they have to look good whereas we don't think of men looking as good yeah and you know sort of ignoring the the narrative component of fashion like narratively and in character and the thing that turned it around for me is watching uh pillow talk in Mm. one of those settings where it was like on tv and different talking heads talked about it and they talked to the costume designer about it and um, it's not that I didn't have thoughts like that, but seeing people, I think, talk about them mm-hmm. made me feel more willing to talk about them. Yeah. I think and it's... I... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I, I just think it's fascinating because I've realized, so even like on a, in a personal way, that growing up, I was never a fashion person. It was like the way you're a teenager mm-hmm. and you kind of pick like the clothes that tell me who I am. But also yeah. as I got older, and it was always a very, for me, like... I'm a weird size, I'm chubby, like all these things that Mm -hmm. always made me feel like, oh, like I can like clothing, but that clothing isn't going to look good on me. Like this looks Mm -hmm. great on the model. This looks great on Project Runway, but I can't pull that off. And there's also that sense, I think, that just comes with age of like you rounding a corner and realizing, oh, I'm not dressing for other people. I'm not dressing to look good for a man. I'm not looking for this. I'm dressing because this makes me feel good. I feel comfortable in what I'm wearing or I feel sexy or powerful in in these clothes. And yeah. I think like it's it's something that then like once that like like once you kind of like light that flame and realize like oh right it's not it's not about how I look it's really about like what clothes do on a character basis even for yourself um, yeah. but certainly for movies where it's like yes you can storytelling filmmaking like the way it looks and the way an actor feels and the costumes they wear is is part of that yeah yeah. And I feel like you can't talk about this movie without the fashions because they they're, they're so very fashion. pointed, like they they're very present. Mm-hmm. Um, and every character, like, both male mm-hmm. and female, but I mean particularly the women, every character's mm-hmm. clothing is very carefully curated for them. Like I mean, even yes. uh, what's his name, even P- Pedro's suits. Yeah, he's wearing some very nice suits that are perfectly fitted to him because. Yes. A man like him would do that. He would not go out looking like a slob. No, and and he they also uh, sort of contrast with Carlinos, mm-hmm. who is more often more casually but more elegantly dressed than yes, him. Yes, yes. Um, he like Pedro is wearing very nice suits that are very that suit him very well, but they're very boring business guy suits. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, um... kind of frat boy. Yes, the well-fitted, clearly designer, but yes, without mm-hmm. kind of that personality. Uh, the to go through, I think, like maybe it's easiest just to go character by character on some of the clothing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Grazia. Gra- Graza. 
because I mean my favorite of her outfits and again mm-hmm. she is a very particular body type she is very short very very curvy um you know a little fuller than you would expect in a movie like this as the lead but like mm-hmm. stunning like absolutely like a body that you'd look at and you're like oh wow banging uh yeah. and you know her her clothing emphasizes those parts like her you know lots yeah. of boob lots of butt uh, my favorite of her outfits was the like it was like the white i forget i guess kind of a romper it's probably a romper it was white with mm-hmm. the blue patterning on it yes i was the greek themed one mm-hmm. yes it was greek yeah that was i was gonna say that's my favorite one and it had something written about splashing on it oh, I didn't and then that. it had you know like that uh what is it the meander the you know like the classic greek pattern that oh sort of, yeah 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 that, that I, I thought was to describe it. it but it was yes it's yeah but it looked great yeah she liked shorts she did like, and that's that first scene where she's distressed and you realize that she is not wearing sort of the classic pink uh dress with pink jacket like boxy you know, very sort of 60s looking thing because she sits on a bench with her legs splayed and you realize <laughs> that it is a romper yes. with a very Chanel looking square cut drag- jacket. Yeah, it's it's almost like like kind of like a sexy drag queen Jackie Kennedy. Yes. Mm. Yes, that is a perfect description. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we all aspire to, so. Yes. Uh, now, how about uh, Carlinos's mother, Alice? Uh, is kind of an, is an artist and she's not the flashiest dresser but her no. statement necklace that wiry like yeah right yeah very she got it at the museum store <laughs> yes 100 <laughs> percent mm-hmm. but she wears it well um, yeah i would love something like that yeah. but i'm also i would get that at the museum store kind same, of person same. So. yes 100 with a coupon yeah uh let's see um solange who's like very stunning because she is very tall mm-hmm. um and so like very she's very elegant very elegant and and because pedro is much shorter than her like there's something that like it makes her look even taller uh she mm-hmm. i like she had kind of i don't know how do you describe it like it was deep purple kind of like also grecian in, in its own way yeah yeah i don't know yeah, but it was again. She, very... she, what was interesting to me is like she was going for, um, like she was clearly interested in fashion, mm-hmm. and she was very well dressed and wearing designer stuff. But she, I think she was going for more like a funky haute couture. Like mm. she's, yes. she is not letting other people's sense of fashion direct her. She's getting the stuff that she likes mm-hmm. and can afford. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Mew, who's, you know, style icon. Mm. Yes. Uh, she I is of loved... the lobster earrings, so. Yes. I also loved her uh, broad brim beach hat. That Ooh, was like, yeah. it had like, it was almost like a Gibson girl. Like, it, it was a yes. big ass hat. Yes, it, yes. It had a broad diameter. And, and then its little cap was was where this. Uh, do you know those like um, little boas that have like the little fluffy feathers? It was like it was a swirl of those piled on top of her head. You're right, it was. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I appreciate. Feel. I know you're a big hat fan too. <laughs> yeah, 
hats in movies always are good. I loved, uh, I forget when she's wearing it, because every outfit she wears is colorful and vibrant and weird, and she has matching jewelry that doesn't match. But she's got one outfit. It's the, it's like, uh, she's got like a little kind of, almost a bomber jacket with a Mm -hmm. puffy puffed sleeve. And it is sparkly, like fish scale, but with flower patterns on it. Yes, everything she had was sparkly and patterned and brightly colored. Yes. And this one was one where I was like, oh, no, if you put that, like, you could put that on a, run- on a runway. It would look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'd say last is Lady Sophia. Yeah. Yeah, very, like, classic bohemian from, mm-hmm. like, the 20s kind of stuff going on. And, you know, what's interesting to me, I loved her... Um, her sort of jacket, sort of... Uh, her Christmas Eve like outfit? The... I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, the, the silken jacket that she had when they were playing polo that was very embroidered. Oh, yeah, that was nice, too. And speaking of, like, character-revealing stuff or narrative-revealing clothing, um, she had so much that was embroidered in a very, like... Le- like, she's wearing burnouses and stuff, and stuff that's embroidered around the yoke and then we find out that her husband was like lebanese or something mm. and or no her father sorry was like lebanese right, or something. Right. i remember his name was like yusuf yes that and, sounds right and i'm like oh a lo- so much of your clothing with these embroidered yokes and the the cuts and uh, the orientalist fantasy of it mm. all is like pointing right there <laughs> right right well it's it's that exact like thing that we were saying too on like costume design where mm-hmm. like costume tells the story. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if you've um, ever read Tom and Lorenzo. They're, they're bloggers yeah. who, and yeah. they like, yeah, they're like, they, they did a whole series of Mad Men coverage where they would take every episode and just talk about the costumes and how, yeah. you know, who's like Joan's signature color is green, but when she's not wearing green, like, what does it say about this and how like, yeah. and like look at the hemline on Peggy's skirts and how it changes and what it's saying. And like, mm-hmm. and it was just incredible. And they've done it for a couple of other things too. And it really, you know, it, and again, every movie is different. Every budget is different. Yeah. Uh, oh, completely. Yeah. How, like, obviously he's, like, dressed more freely and everything. Um, yeah. But, like, when you see it, you, it's something when you start looking for it and, you know, a costume designer is, like, a cinematographer. They are artists that come to a job and are given a directive by the director, by the filmmaker. And in a lot of these cases, and that's why, like, I found it really interesting on Hallmark lately that you know these movies are made pretty cheaply they're made pretty quickly there are certain motifs they have to do put the red and green in there put you know give me a lot of peacoats but you're like if you just watch it for costumes sometimes you can really see somebody's eye in there that got some kind of note of like oh no but we want to suggest this and like you know even the cheapest movie made in 14 days sometimes that person in that job in that department is is doing it right and is telling a story this way and that's a yeah. really good catch you have on lady sophia and the the applique and the patterning because uh-huh. i i mean i did not think that at all i was just thinking my god when i am if i am her age with that money i am dressing exactly like that yeah yeah that is it's she's incredibly aspirational yeah, for yeah. for one's 60s and 70s yeah <laughs> oh such an such an elegant woman yeah yeah <sighs> So that was Christmas full of grace. 
What a what a ride. What a, what a carnival ride, if you will. Yes. <sighs> a, a very delightful time. Indeed. Do you who do you recommend it to? Is there a, like you know, you're who you, you have to give this movie to to somebody and you want them to like it. Who is that person that you're like you? You are going to like this movie. I I don't know. <laughs> um everybody. Maybe someone who is looking for like a Christmas romance movie that is different. Mhm. Yeah. Um with like a, a twist on a lot of the conventions that we take for granted um and as looking for something that's like not so conservative as some of them can yeah. be oh definitely yeah i think um the people who liked xmas which is the one i did with christine earlier this season which was the late meester one this is kind of mm-hmm. similar in terms of like oh hey we're telling a christmas romance you know it's gonna end happy it's hot people falling in love but also we have some sex jokes and we have some more adult stuff and also everybody looks really pretty and cute and yeah. so it's kind of that oh this one's zanier this one i think again like it's about a human raccoon and we're not kidding like, yeah this, you're gonna watch it and you're gonna see exactly what we mean uh so yeah i i had a blast and again it took me a little time because i thought for a mm-hmm. while boy this is a lot but it <laughs> is a, it is it is wild it is energetic uh the lead actress is is a star i hope to see more of her and it's, you know, and I'm sure on Netflix it is probably, um, you can probably watch a dubbed version. Please don't watch it with its Brazilian because yeah. you, yep. it's also like Portuguese is a beautiful language and it's a beautiful mm-hmm. language when people are angry and they're angry in this movie a lot. And it just is so mm-hmm. exciting to watch. So with that being said, Carol, what are some other things we can look out for you from from you for these holidays? Where can people find you? You do a lot of awesome stuff. I'm please tell the world. Uh, you can find me writing at the Cultural Gutter, uh, www.culturalgutter.com. We have editors who write all kinds of things about uh, various kinds of disreputable art. Um, you can find me at my own blog, which is called Monstrous Industry, which is monstrousindustry at wordpress.com, where I put up both some of my writing for the Cultural Gutter, um, other reviews I do of different movies, and some of my own art. And uh, this Thursday coming up, uh, I co-host Drive In Mob on Twitter and Blue Sky. And we will be having our annual Squallow Day special with Senior Squallow from The Last Shark uh, bringing us seasonal cheer. Nice. So find us on Blue Sky on our dedicated uh, feed, which is hashtag Drive and Mob. Or find us on Twitter with hashtag Drive and Mob. And that is every Thursday, even after, throughout, every Thursday. (laughs) Yes, I just I thought maybe this time people would want to see Senior Squallow. Nice, nice, nice. Well, it was a joy. Uh, With that being said, I hope everybody remembers that when you are trying to escape your home and you can't get out, but a raccoon is trying to get in, maybe let that raccoon into you, into your life, and into your heart because it could change everything. Mm -hmm. I think that is. Excellent advice for everyone. Indeed, indeed. 
Oh, 